hello! Uh, welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland. I'm Denali, aka the Twerkatron. <laughs> uh, I'm Ryan, aka the Jackhammer. You Bring can't just the take my my nickname last Bring week. Bring in the Jackhammer stick, back, and you think it'll stick to you better than than, than me? Well, that's, that's, that's called got, appropriation, and my kind got, has been doing it for thousands of years. I got the Torquatron, so. Yeah, you win, though, I think. I am Jace, and I am the backhoe. Jace the backhoe. All Jace right, the backhoe, Marlin. Last time. Um, we're we're going to have to do our nicknames this time. And it it kind of hurts me, Ryan, that I have to, to call you my nickname last time. But maybe the jackhammer will stick with you. Um, so, called, so you're saying we're addressing each other by our nicknames? Yes. Jackhammer. Mm. Um, you so I've been, Torquatron? I've been, yeah, I'm Torquatron. Torquatron? Torquatron. I didn't choose the name. It chose me. Mm. Um, so I've been watching a lot of, of, of improv recently, improv comedy. Like, I don't know if you've guys seen Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix. Uh, it's very funny stand-up special where these two guys do like improv comedy and i've been i've been looking into a lot and i think we should just it's time that we pivot to an improv comedy podcast all right so i've um i got this website pulled up it's called can i get a.com uh, i just figured we can we can just kind of test it out and if it doesn't work we can just we can just you know pivot back to whatever you're doing so um i'm gonna i'm gonna do a scene does anyone do i, I need i need someone to volunteer i need two volunteers uh you purple uh is what's your name my friends call me the backhoe backhoe okay i like that yeah um, can i get another volunteer ryan do you want to do this scene or do you want me to do the scene um i can do the, you scene. Do the scene you do the scene what's your name uh sorry i call me, everyone they call, that. Me, they call me twerkatron twerkat you are a bastard. Okay. You know what? Okay. You know what? That's fine. It's improv, baby. Keep it rolling. So the biggest thing about improv, guys, let me just coach you real quick, because I've taken three improv classes, so I guess I'm kind of the expert here. Yeah, so absolutely. So the, the big thing is to say, uh, always say yes, never say no, and add to it. So it's the rule, yes, and, right? You guys uh -huh. probably heard that before. All right. So in the generator here, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you uh, a location. A relationship and a word to work into the scene itself. Um, so, so don't worry so much about making it, you know, ha ha funny. Let the yucks come naturally from the quality of the scene that you guys create. All right, all right, I, you guys are ready. So, um, first one, the location. I got a jail cell. <laughs> um, relationship, school bus driver, and the last kid off the bus. And then uh, the word you got to work into is packing. <laughs> So, um, all right, let's let's go. Scene. Here we go. I, I didn't mean to miss the last stop. I'm sorry. I, I just I don't want to be here. Are you my bitch or am I your bitch? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just I don't want to be scared straight. And scene. 
You gotta say packing, you fucking Whoa. amateurs. We, okay, he you know, did sorry, say I'm packing, sorry. didn't he? Did you no. say packing? No, I didn't say packing. He didn't say packing. He said, right. he said the okay. prison industrial complex is really packing us into this thing, aren't they? Yeah. Okay, you know what? Save, save notes for the next time. The relation of Grand Theft Auto of me stealing the bus from you and killing all those people really packed us in here. That was good, what? Jace, but save it for the scenes. Uh -huh. um, okay. I'm sorry, I, I lashed out on you guys. That was a great, that was a great job. Couple notes. Um, try could, to, it be, try to, could it be even shorter? Do we have to go on for that long? You know, you know, it can be. It can be five seconds, as long as you work okay. the word into the scene and do a fun thing. Jace, I love the energy that you brought into there. Um, Ryan, um, just, 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 just try, just keep trying, Ryan. Um, so let's let's do another one with, that with was you also two. My nickname. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, sorry, I, I just I call everyone that. So uh, a location. Here we go. Second scene. In an ambulance. Relationship. An arms dealer and a parent. And then uh, the word is platonic. <laughs> All right. Ready? And scene. Who, who, you, whoever starts gets to choose. <laughs> just, Do you have any children? I sold him <laughs> drugs. I'm sorry. Oh, that means I must have children. <laughs> I love your daughter. Um, what's the secret word? It's platonic. You gotta oh. say platonic. But me and my girlfriend, we're just platonic. Perfect scene. Okay. Yeah. Much better, go. Ryan. Much better. That was that was improv. You guys played off each other. Mm -hmm. Um, that was great. So I'm gonna I'm, maybe I, I want to jump in now. I want to have a fun scene. No, let's, let's move with on, somebody. No, I want I want to have a fun scene with somebody. Who wants to go with me? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna pick if no one wants to go. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's go back. Oh, get back up here, Ryan. Do you wanna? Do you wanna give me a three? Are you on yeah, your computer? Yeah. What's the website? It's canigeta.com. Okay. Uh, the location for this one. Uh, is, okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, is a mechanic's garage. Okay. Um, and the relationship is a socialite and a plumber. Okay. And the word you have to work in is overnight. Yeah. Okay. Ready? <clears throat> Enter mechanic's garage. Uh, I'm gonna need another uh, torque hose um, for the the carb the carbs. People call carbs. <laughs> I'm just here because my car is mm -hmm. beeping at me when I put it in reverse. Is that right? Yeah. Um... Okay, well, I'm working the overnight shifts. This is probably going to take a while. Yeah. Scene. I think that was good. I that think was that was good. Really funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we could we could postpone our, our pivot to come improv comedy cop podcast. We're not ready. Uh, we're not ready. I we'll, thought we'll I thought improv comedy was basically what we did every week, but. Well, you know, we just kind of do like a bad version <laughs> over a longer period instead of all focused in a small period where it's funnier. So, okay. Well, uh, what do you guys got going on? Uh, Ryan, do you got anything going on this week that's new? Uh, yeah, one big piece of news. I bought a harmonica. Oh, snap. That's yeah. not an easy instrument to learn, and it's not a quiet instrument. You can't play on that very quietly. Right. And um, I've just decided that uh, 
after five years of caring too much about what my neighbors think of me, mm-hmm. I've decided to just, just say, screw it. And screw they it. are stomping around constantly, you know, like, like, like mm-hmm. literally all day and night, they're const- constantly stomping around with bricks on their feet. One of my neighbors has a rocking chair that's broken and <laughs> no rocks in it for 20 hours a day. Um, so I just decided let's, uh, I, they're not living their lives in consideration of other people, so why should I? Just let it rip. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let it them, rip. Let them hear the blues. Well, it's uh, very difficult. Like it, it is. It is very difficult because you. Everybody knows that one person who has a harmonica, and um, can play it somewhat well, and will whip it out. You know, every now and then, and you're like, that seems like the kind of person who doesn't really know how to do anything that well. Mm-hmm. Like, so it must not be that hard to learn. Um, the cool it's part really, about this, I guess, the harmonica yeah. can be a part of your everyday carry now. You just need to get a harmonica pocket on your pants, and then oh yeah, you whip I'm it out. Stitch, I'm gonna stitch one of my back pockets vertically down the middle, and then I have two harmonica pockets. Mm, you can't open carry the harmonica though, because people are gonna see it. And they're gonna be like, "Oh, you play uh, harmonica? A long and then sweater. You're, in a, you're in a duel." Yeah, it's. It's not a great party instrument. I mean, I guess no instrument's a good party instrument, even a guitar. But a harmonica is piercing. Like, you rip into one, the whole room's going to go silent. No oh, yeah. How many That's the people point. Are in there. No, I'm, I'm, I, for me, it's a campfire instrument. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, it's a fishing, fishing trip campfire, campfire instrument. That might be the only situation where I think it's socially acceptable to even have one yeah. <laughs> near, you, near your person. That is that is a good one right there. Well, do you know any songs yet? Um, yeah, I know the one where you uh, try to go up all the way from one end to the other. Mm-hmm. Like oh, the it. the old. <laughs> I would like to hear classic it. song. Um, sorry, I've, what what's that? I would li- I would like to hear. Can you? I'm being, I'm being told. I, I'm I'm being told that. Um, I'm reading. I'm hearing Marka. from our fans right now. Uh, on mm-hmm. the board da, 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 that I have. I'm yeah. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. We need to see What's the money think, shot. Yeah, I, I am hearing we need to see the harmonica, Ryan. Okay, we need to I'll, see it. I'll prove it. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll all the all the listeners can see it. Yeah, yeah, I'll describe oh, it. It's got this Dare, cool orange band. Let's look at that. That's it's cool. orange plastic, so you know it's really nice. And it's kind of ironic because it actually is really nice. And so, silver with with an orange band around it with yeah. words on it. But Daredevil, what does the word say? What orange looked like? From when he was a kid. Yeah. And then he can like, he, and you're also not supposed to just hold it up to your mouth like you're like a, imitating a harmonic player. There's like a specific way to hold it that lets them do the flappy the flappy bird. The you know? flappy hands. Yeah. I always thought that was just like a flare they do. Oh yeah, baby. That's about all I can do. That was sick, Ryan. Holy shit. That was sick. Learn Wonderwall next. Just about Wonderwall. I was thinking <laughs> I was That'd thinking be a rough harmonic uh, song. Dropping my career and trying to uh be a Bob Dylan impersonator. Oh. How does it fit? Please me. I don't wanna <laughs> Don't sue me, Bob Dylan. <laughs> I liked your new album. I'm really How into um electronic music. So I'm looking forward to, yeah. 
It's good running. Well, yeah, make me a make me a a mix. Uh, forty. I need forty five minutes for a run. I'm happy for you, Ryan. Um, Jace, you got anything new and fresh going on in the world of of J bars? I'm taking the week off, and that's probably the biggest thing to happen to me in a while. You got the week off? Yeah. The oh, next coming week. Yeah, I'm taking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Okay. What are you gonna do on your on your break, Jace? You got anything fun? You know, Tuesday it's looking pretty nice. I might go fly fishing. Nice. Dude. I hit up my hit up the salt. Uh, I think the sea run cutthroat in the sound are moving in between the streams to to uh, spawn. So great. Might catch some fish. Probably won't catch any fish, but I'll be outside. <laughs> so, do we want to get into the thing we saw last night all together? We watched it at the same time. Mm-hmm. We 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 did a text head for a while of this yeah, movie a while. until I I ruined a good thing. <laughs> I was I couldn't stop. There was so much to riff on. Um, well, yeah. let's 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 get into it. Um, Jace, what did we see yesterday? Hey guys, we watched Paycheck, two thousand and three, Ben Affleck film, where Mike uh, Ben Affleck stars Michael Jennings, a reverse engineer. He gets hired to do jobs, reverse engineer products, and sell them so that companies make a shit ton of money. And then his best friend, Paul Giamatti, reverses, or, uh, erases his brain. He gets hired by a cult that's based in 2004 Seattle, shot in Vancouver, Canada, by the way. Um, uh, after doing the job for three years and having his brain erased and uh, no longer remembering his love interest for the past three years, he's being hunted by the feds. And the company that he worked for. He uses a secret envelope full of items to help him fight the baddies and come out on top. And we'll get into that in a bit. Alrighty. Let's what you guys want to get into our Ben meters? Yeah, let's um, do, yeah. do it. Okay. Stipulation of Ben meters. This is independent of the quality of the movie, right? This is just mm -hmm. gonna be volume of Ben, quality of Ben, how he's utilized. Mm -hmm. So my Ben meter rating, this is gonna be Five erased brains out of ten for me. Um, this is going to be <laughs> middle of the road, Ben, for me. He was okay. Like I thought, it, he just he seemed like an average Ben Affleck movie. It's like if you took a net average of all of them and put them all together, I think that was his performance and how he was used. Um, seemed like a big fucking douchebag in the movie. I don't think I even liked his character. <laughs> it was just kind of the worst parts of Ben. Um, but sometimes that led to some humor in the in the movie. So um, it's going to be a middle of the road for me. A five. Average Ben. Pretty good. And what better word to describe Ben than the word average? Oh. <laughs> average millionaire actor. <laughs> He's yeah. going to stretch his 900-foot-long arms and beat the shit out of us, Ryan. That would not be nearly enough to get all of us at the same time. It's enough to be surprising, dude. He just needs to be outside the building. All right? If I saw a big old Luffy arm like swing through the the window, I'm gonna be surprised, and I'm gonna get my ass kicked. I will not defend myself. <laughs> okay, okay. So my Ben meter is different than yours now, because I, I think I disagree yeah. with you. Yeah, um, big surprise. <laughs> because I like not only did I like Ben in this movie, but I mm -hmm. think that I think that this was a very Ben role, like right? Because like. Mm -hmm. When we are introduced to him, yeah, he's just doing normal person, normal any actor things. But then he's, 
Ben starts being Ben real quick, the first opportunity, because mm-hmm. not only does he lay up, ooh, la, la, with the mullet lady. <laughs> yeah. First chance he gets, yeah. he, he lays hands on the mullet lady. Yeah, but then, the mullet lady. Uh, he gets <laughs> he gets the Uma Thurman and uh, just completely asks her for consensual... <laughs> No strings attached. Uh, <laughs> sexual relations. It says no small talk. Let's just do it, lady. You want me because I'm got this glorious chin, and he, <laughs> like, he couldn't be more Ben in those moments. You liked that? <laughs> I mean, of course, from a screenwriting and like you know person who likes movies, I hated it, but. Mm-hmm. From a Ben Affleck a fan, personal perspective, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I ate it up. That's that. I mean, it has that. Those scenes did have benefits. They all came with, um, they all, they all implied something to the character. He gets he normally gets all the women he wants, but this time he was shot down. Um, I, I liked I it, like and I liked that he was stepping shot down and, if you talked the way he did in that movie, yeah. no matter what. <laughs> Just... But in the early two thousands. He's stepping into action roles. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, his action scenes could have, been, could have been replaced by any other actor, but, I mean, he did fine. He did great. And so I think I would give him a 7. I'm pushing it, but I think I'm going with 7. Okay. Are we doing Ben heads? Are we doing 7, seven erased brains? 7 wiped I'm doing... Ben heads. Yeah, wiped Ben heads. For... Wiped Ben heads. <laughs> I'll give him 7 out of 10. A solid rating. Ben in paycheck. Not only did he do the movie for the paycheck, <laughs> but he killed it. He's the sexiest that I think I've ever seen him. This is true. Honestly. Suits, phenomenal. Ryan you've oh, yeah, bringing the heat. Yeah. I don't know what was what was up with that film, but they were easily ten years ahead of the time with the suits. Fly as fuck. I forgot about that. Mullet girl. They do it. She's upset <laughs> that he doesn't remember. He gets out of he gets out of a racer and he's just like, I'm ready to take another job. Straight up to Uma Thurman. Horny as hell. So he's horny as hell. He's looking good. His volume's great. His moves are fly. He's swinging sticks all over the place and driving vehicles. This movie's the an eight out of cool. This this movie's an eight out of ten. Wiped Ben heads. Eight for out of ten. Eight out of ten Ben heads for me. You did bring up something that I didn't think about previously. How many of these jobs has he taken, and does he get an STD check after every one of them? Right, because oh, he wipes man. his memory after every hookup. He's like, right? he's that's, like, that's, that was the joke, right? Like, I don't remember that. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Look> it. <laughs> it's not gonna remember most of the shit, anyways. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, he okay, so he's he's taking these jobs sometimes for like months at a time, and he even says in the movie, he's like, my life's just like a highlight reel. He's like, I only remember the vacations, and I yeah. forget the rest of it. Is he like only living like probably ten years? Like in his brain, and the rest he's just erasing, just like random menial bullshit. I think the implication too is that he doesn't he doesn't work like a nine to five and then have a social life outside of the job while he's working the job. He works almost twenty four seven. 
Yeah. So that he saves all the extra time for later. Okay, that's that sounds like a, actually a pretty good deal. I I do like that his his buddy Paul Giamatti, Shorty, in the film, like records. Oh, well, I guess we don't know. Does he record the baseball games? He's a Red Sox fan. He yeah, worked, and he I, he came out of memory erasure, and he was watching a game. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he records them for himself or his. Somebody has is. to be in his apartment yeah. and recording them stuff. Hmm. <laughs> Weird. It's gonna be hard to be a sports fan, like if you're <laughs> if you're like that dude. I like Jace. I like how all in all your Ben ratings, you also have a horny meter <laughs> for Ben. That way, he's yeah. a horny dude. So every, like every movie out, we've watched is. has had. Just a slew of horniness. He, he does like yeah. He has. He's always coming on to people in those movies, and I I can't like I can't tell if that's why he rubs me so, in such the wrong way in this movie because he's always coming on to people in such a weird smug bad energy. Um, but I guess it's the full package of this guy, right? Do we want to get into uh, things we like about the movie first? Definitely, because I think number one that segment will be shorter. Uh, and also, yeah, that, that, that's, that's good for people to know that there are good things. It's not just the bad things. Um, yeah. Even in the biggest pile of shit, there are nuggets of gold you can pick out. Because if you eat shit, then yes. Yeah. If you eat eat gold. (laughs) I'm a gold eating shit eater. Mm -hmm. So this is, that's an analogy for me. Um, so I, I have some things I want to talk about. Um, if we're skipping the bad things. Um, they'll come. I'll jump right. Yeah, I'll jump. I'll jump right into the guns. Like what? I didn't ever think guns were cool. Normally, when I normally when I'm talking like um when there's a gratuitous gun shot in a movie, I I roll my eyes. Yeah, but this movie did. I I I really like this movie. Um, (laughs) in like short bursts. Mm-hmm. And one of those bursts is the gunshots. I don't know what Three John bursts. Woo, yeah, yeah. I, John Woo has the gunshots figured out in that he can zoom in on a gun and make it entertaining. Mm-hmm. He's used slow motion. He uses like kind of unsettling camera movements that use like three D space rather than two D space. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that th- those were actually pretty cool moments. Um, the action was great. Right? Action was like, fun. Yeah, the action was so good in bursts um the final fight was a huge letdown like all john woo films but the everything up to then when the like cryogenics are like you know coming off and they're uh uma thurman and ben affleck are kicking ass there's a scene where or there's actually kind of a shot where ben sneaks up on a guard who's on a ledge and Ben pulls the guy's ankles out from underneath him. And the dude slams his face into the ground. Like that was hilarious. I started laughing my ass off and that triggered a giggle fit. And so I had a laugh. I seriously had a laughing fit through the rest of the fight scene, the next like five minutes. And so I had a great time. I think they choreographed fight scenes really well. I remember seeing a scene where he like, did a slide like a, a, a like a football quarterback slide into the legs of a guy to get him knocked down, and normally I, I feel like I would have thought like, <laughs> but seeing that move, I was like, I can't honestly think of a reason that that's actually like a bad idea. Like you just <laughs> saved yourself with that move. 
I feel like this movie kept stuntmen and uh, fake glass, like fake pain glass people like in business for the next 20 years. I can't even tell you how many fucking yeah. like glass windows were broken and how many stuntmen got their asses handed to them. It was probably like hundreds of stuntmen that were doing like crazy stunts. It was, there's, there's a scene where there's fake Uma Thurman meeting up with Ben Affleck in the restaurant. This fake Uma Thurman's working for the FBI, but he doesn't know it. And to see if she's the real Uma Thurman, he's like, what's my favorite baseball team? And then she's like, it doesn't matter or something like that, right? And then she gets hit in the head with the real Uma Thurman. She's like, Red Sox. And the place like explodes or something and they run off. <laughs> I'm like, it's just, just fucking lines like that. Just like, I, I was in disbelief that this was allowed in a movie. Jason, did Denali indicate that he knows what this means? Do you know what a Chekhov's gun is? I've definitely heard the term before, but yeah, so yeah. It, it it's a um kind of a saying for storytelling, for building a story. It's a device where the saying or the saying is that if you see a gun on the mantelpiece in the first act, by the third act, it has to go off. Hmm. So when we see the smoke detector for the first time, the characters make a big deal about cigarettes and cigars setting off these super hypersensitive smoke detectors. And instantly I'm like, why would they put this in the movie if it wasn't going to be in the movie later? And that's yeah, how... like, hey man, like that's gonna set off the smoke detector. Like Yeah. So Ben later escapes the FBI by setting off a smoke detector with a cigarette. Hmm. And this movie used that trope to death. Literally everything, <laughs> everything that's kind of the plot of the movie in that he has this envelope and every single piece of information in the envelope ends up becoming useful in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However, the movie just beat that dead horse because if you would watch one scene and he's watching the, the Red Sox game, later, the fact that he's a Red Sox fan is going to factor into the plot when the woman asks, or when he asks the woman, what's your favorite baseball team? And things like that took me out of the movie, but yet reminded me that somebody put a lot of care into the movie to make sure that every detail added up. So Everything in that way, it was endearing. <laughs> like, I liked that about the movie, even though I don't think it was executed that well. And it reminds me maybe something that's not perfect, but lovable. And I had fun watching that. I agree, Ryan. Yeah, seeing those things pop up again, where I'm like, oh, I wonder how the extra stamp's going to come up again in this movie. Because he's yeah, like, exactly. there's an extra stamp. Like, and then I'm like, oh, shit, extra stamp's going to mean something. And then there was like a like a fucking image in it or something, right? Of the image of the future yeah. like when he zooms in with a microscope. That was a cool the moment. Other, with the lens. That was a cool moment. Yeah, the lens where it shows everything's happening in the future. Um, another thing that like pulled me out of the movie was like every time they say the word, like, because they're like, oh, and then he's going to get paid with his paycheck. And there's like almost like a pause or an emphasis and like an arched eyebrow to the camera. And like, but what about my paycheck? Like, I fucking hate, like, I know there's a family guy bit about this, but like, I fucking hate when movies say their own title. Where like he's gonna turn himself into a lethal weapon. It's like it's some kind of predator we're fighting. Because just I can't fucking do it, dude. Like I know they have to say paycheck to justify why they called it that, dude. But it just I don't know, man. They said like yeah. twenty times in the movie. Paycheck itself was just a placeholder. They should have named it something else. They should have named it like Future Man or Ben goes to the 
Minority Report meets Jason Bourne. Can we talk about that? I get, uh, um, the other more successful versions of this uh, idea. One moment. One of them oh. being a Philip K. Dick novel. Oh, Minority Report. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, because like, I don't know when the first um, Born Identity was. Uh, it's was a year one. before this. Dude, so they were both launching potential like memory loss, secret agent badass. They tried franchises. to get Matt Damon for this film. Are you and serious? He said no because it was too identical, too similar. Yeah. To that movie. In two thousand, yeah. like two thousand two, had both Born um, Identity and Minority Report, Jesus. and then two thousand three rolls around and Ben gets paycheck. Yeah. Okay. What uh, one what thing was I want to mention? Okay, go ahead. What was your favorite ahead, item in the envelope? Did you have one? Ooh, that's a good question. Because, well, yeah. I liked the fortune cookie mm. because it came into play multiple times. Yeah. It, there's three different really ways that it came in, and that it was the lottery numbers to show him that he could predict the future, and that's when he realized it. And then the second time was a look in the birdcage. And then immediately following that, the lottery numbers was the actual numbers that he had predicted, and then he bought himself a ticket, and that's how he got his money back. I like that. That's good. Did he, like, fucking print off his own fortune cookie then? Like, how did – it looked so legit. Like, I guess he had Oh, three let's not go into the details of how he got each of those <laughs> items in the first place. They said <laughs> he's going to have to mail out items – that we will pass the inspection, so they have to look like normal items. But okay, this is not taking into account how he got in possession of those items in order to mail them out. What, okay. One of them being a bullet. Yeah. Which, like, sir, you left your bullet. <laughs> <laughs> like, the other, okay, my favorite thing is the watch. Um, the watch, the only thing it does is that it tells him to move when the guy's about to shoot him. Right, but he like waits like twenty seconds because the watch is like beep beep like it, it says go, and he's like looks at the watch and he's like eh, time to move, <laughs> and then he like puts his watch down, and then he kind of like moves like that. And I guess maybe future Ben Affleck's like okay, I'm a fucking dumbass. Like I'm gonna take like ten seconds to move, so I'm gonna make this thing beat like way earlier. But that just like I just I could stop laughing because it's like as soon as it beeps, you need to move, dude. Like what do you do? Because the guy's like about to shoot you. But then maybe Ben knew. Maybe he knew the perfect amount of time. But then I'd be thinking about it if I had, I don't know. The, um, I did like the bullet. I couldn't, I can't tell if it's, if it was similarly a, uh, a Chekhov's gun, because I remember specifically the scene where he like drops the mag out of the gun that he's using. What the fuck was that too, dude? I don't like, know. Yeah. Like, no he's, he's about a guy's pointing a gun at him, and he has a gun, and he's like, "I'm gonna throw him off. I'm gonna drop the mag, kick it into the electric rail, and it's gonna explode." Oh yeah, yeah. At the uh, was that the train? Yeah, the third rail scene. Yeah. And yeah, then and like I feel like if to... a guy's pointing a gun at you and he sees you do something, he's just gonna shoot you, dude. Like, <laughs> he's like... I think John <laughs> will drastically underestimates how fast bullets travel. Yeah, because he straight up didn't he straight up dodge a bullet in midair. Yeah, yeah. That that was the watch scene because it it yeah. comes at him and he's like, all right, and he fucking moves and then yeah. One thing that I was thinking about was um, there's a scene that's like five minutes long of Ben Affleck training with a bow staff. I was that's what I was about to say. That was what that was what no, I was about to say. Okay, yeah, and like 
I think he had a bow staff scene in Daredevil that got cut, and he's like, well, I fucking know how to use the bow staff, and I, I need to do it somewhere, and that's, like, it's going to be in here. And so he's, like, in a tank top, looking great, looking shredded, just hitting hitting things with the bow staff. And I guess it comes up later where he, like, grabs a broom and just starts beating the shit out of henchmen with it or something. Like, I'm just like, why yeah, is exactly. this? Everything comes full circle. Like, that's true. Um, I feel like the whole front half is loaded. And the last half is all like referential to the first payoff. half, like, hmm. all payoff, a paycheck, if you will. Yeah, um, the bow staff scene really was striking because he's obviously using striking. like a flexible, like uh, track and field pole vault. Mm. It's not like a actual stick. You can see it wobble. Oh and yeah, hit the hits like, weren't hard. Yeah, I think it, the fact was to tell us that he actually knows how to fight at the beginning he actually knows how to hit wooden poles with sticks and he's so therefore some, yeah yeah later in the movie when he's actually beating up people we're not just supposed to be like have this guy turn into a giant you know super spy uh well no he hit poles with sticks before this so we know not to question it yeah. yeah, that uh, the I think the movie kind of leads us to believe that that's more common than it is too, because he's in a commercial gym with that training equipment. Oh yeah, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> there's like there are a, multiple a bow staff like training. This is alternate universe where bow staff is way more common to learn to use. <laughs> it for, yeah, in 2004, the bow staff was the uh, most popular Christmas present. Dude, I feel like, um, you know how, like, when you go, if, if you break into someone's house and you see, like, a katana on the mantelpiece, you know, you hear those stories where, like, you know, they like, you, you heard those, like, that news report where the guy grabbed the katana and he, fuck, he fucked up the home invader uh, mm -hmm. with it. And it's like, but if, if you see one, you're like, okay, he's either, he either knows how to use one or he's, like, a big weeboo and, like, you know, it's like, kind of like a neck beard. Yeah. He doesn't want to fight at all, right? Okay. If you see a bow staff, you're... I think you're in trouble. I, I, can I bring think you're back. about to get I can, I can bring this back around. Believe it or not, I can, play this, I can take this plane in for a landing. Because okay. the, the proper way to do that um, was if they want to use it almost like a Chekhov's gun type thing or like a character background thing, the proper way to do that is how they did um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the flamethrower. The, the payoff with the flamethrower is completely out of left field. Like you do not see it coming. And, but it, but it's this joke like, Oh, that's right. Two hours ago, we were told that he keeps this thing in the shed by the pool. Like, uh, that's the way to do it. And for this, it's just like, it's, instead of being this hilarious contraption that is a flamethrower in like the 1960s, it's a stick in 2004 so there's it's not funny it's not cool it's just this thing they decided to use it could have been anything it could have been what would have been funnier and better is nunchucks right mm, so, nunchucks is good like, yeah if he, the funniest he's nunchucks, he's training in this <laughs> studio and in the beginning of the movie, and then later, like, the somehow, there's, like, two pieces of broom that are chained together, and he, yes. breaks off, he breaks them off into, like, nunchuck-length pieces of wood. Like, that would have been a hilarious payoff, and I would have been like, hell yeah. But then, 
I was just like, oh, yeah, cool. He's got the broom. That's a great point. I feel like it would have won an Oscar if he had a nunchuck scene. This is a Philip K. Dick book we're talking about. Yeah. Where you're having a fucking bow staff scene <laughs> with a broomstick. I just think it's so fucking funny. JC, you mentioned the, the Roboclaw, who I think yeah. is the third MVP. best character in this movie. Yes. He's got Roboclaw fan just behind you, Jace. Zips around. Yeah, Jace has a picture. He has a has a holding the drawing paycheck. Of the Roboclaw. <laughs> oh, that's is that a paycheck? That's this that's is good, the man. paycheck that Ben Affleck took for this film. Fifteen million dollars. Woo! Got Did he really? Check. He was. This Pay was the bills, largest ben. payment Ben had ever received for acting. Oh my gosh, dude! That's the synchronicity of that's insane. Yep, and I believe that the uh, they actually the uh, ticket for the lottery was worth about the the same amount that this movie made in the box office, roughly ninety, 90 million? million. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wasn't there a scene with the Roboclaw where yeah he, he like the Roboclaw disarms somebody and hands hands Ben Affleck a gun? The Roboclaw, yes. I believe, gives him the bow staff at the end and then the gun. Right. Oh, so, really? Okay. Hold on. Like, so the the Roboclaw isn't something that's controlled by a man. It is an AI that is sentient. Has no. Thoughts, remembers that Ben Affleck. Is, Uma Thurman was controlling the shit out of people with it. Why didn't she fucking hand him the bow staff? Why did she take the time to turn on the Roboclaw and hand it? John Wu. Two words. Because I'm thinking, like, if, if the Roboclaw is an AI, that means like Ben Affleck had a conversation with it, talking about his bow staff classes. And the, ro- the, the Roboclaw is like, oh, well, maybe you can use this. Like, well, the other know. implication is that he had a conversation with Uma Thurman and discussed his bow staff classes. Yeah, and then the big plot hole and there she is that decided they to stay with him. Yeah, that's the thing. They would have never dated if he told so him. So this confirms the alternate theory in which bow staff is, like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> this alternate universe where that's cool. Um, future seeing is also true. <laughs> Can we talk about the props real quick of this movie? Yeah. Like, the futuristic props that look like something out of a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> like, yeah. they're most like, hilarious-looking things. Like, one of the things is the spinning chair in the interrogation scene. Yeah. Ben Affleck is... He's captured by the FBI agents. They put him in this chair that's spinning for no reason at all. And they're like, we know you're making this illegal technology. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking. And he's like spinning and they're like having to walk with him to like keep up with the conversation. So it's inconvenient for everybody. Like, I don't know why they're like, can we just turn this you off? You know what the funniest thing is? Is that almost a guarantee that chair was not automated. So like yeah. somebody was behind the scenes like, like hitting him like a merry-go-round and making him go around in a circle between takes. And the thing is, like, what I love about that scene, too, because they make a big deal about how he can't remember. And they're like, try to remember. And he's like, I can't. Like, he just kept, like, saying it over and over again. And then, like, we, we can get to your point, Ryan. Um, but there was a scene where, uh, where they're, like, searching his memories, right? Like, forcibly searching his memories. And they say, like, ten times in the movie that if his brain gets above 43 degrees Celsius, that he'll turn into a vegetable, yeah. right? They, they say he'll veg out. Yeah. And, like, it gets to 42.9 degrees Celsius. And I don't know a lot about brains, but if you, I feel like if you get to 0.01 degrees Celsius of, like, brain dead, of you're a, you're a vegetable, I feel like there's going to be some consequences. <laughs> like It's, it's an on-off glitch. <laughs> so? so once it goes, 
Human body yeah. temperature. Quick Google. Um, okay. Max temperature the brain can reach before death. Uh, mm. It's listed in, in this Wikipedia article as 44 degrees Celsius or more. Almost certain death will occur. However, people have been known to survive up to 46 and a half degrees Celsius. So it says, okay. it says right here in this article, 43 degrees Celsius will normally cause death or serious brain damage. Okay, that's plausible. I just I don't think it's just like Ryan oh, said where the... it's a switch where it's like duh, 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 like this close. Oh, he's almost dead, but he's fine and it just cools off. Yeah, the point one degree Celsius different. That's well, he also has the cooling chin. Like a lot of you know, he has the, the surface area the kind of disperse the heat. Mm, cooling the, fan, the heat cooling fan. But you know what? If we start just like Armageddon, if we start looking at the science, man. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna go out the window. We're gonna go out into the weeds. So the other thing I want to talk about too is this. It's a storytelling device that I don't think there's a wrong answer, except when you aren't mindful of it. And I want to talk about this with you guys and get you guys' opinion. Um, I think about this a lot when I'm, you know, consuming content or creating content. It's that the audience is at a certain place in the story. With the amount of story they've digested, they've figured things out to a certain point. And your characters aren't always at that exact same point. The, your characters will either lag behind the audience, meet the audience where they're at, or be above the audience, be in front of them. And when the characters are in front of the audience, it means that the characters have things figured out. And it's the audience who's trying to put clues together. They're saying, oh, wait, why is he doing that? What does he know? Oh, I got to think. Oh, he knows this. So da, 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 da. But you have to be careful because they have to be the, you have to plant the right seeds so that the audience can later put the pieces together and eventually catch up. And that's a realization moment for the audience. That's like a, almost like a twist moment for the audience. But when the characters are, behind the audience you have to really really sell it when the character catches up because in this movie when he's going through the envelope things we are able to figure out that like you know something's up with the items in the envelope mm -hmm. right like right mm -hmm. off the bat we know okay as soon as he puts like the glasses on and escapes the cigarette smoke room we know something's up with the envelope and that he can predict the future so mm -hmm. He doesn't realize that for like 10 more minutes. <laughs> and so constantly we're watching what's on screen, waiting for him to catch up to us. And, and it's not always necessary that the characters need to be at or above the audience. It's sometimes nice when a character's behind. But in this movie, I thought that there, were, it wasn't, there wasn't a clear demarcation between when Ben Affleck was ahead of us. Like, why is he putting the bullet on the liquid nitrogen? Oh, so it explodes in the future. Um, we didn't know. We don't realize that until later. But then there's other moments where Jesus Christ, Ben. Yeah, the the bus the bus ticket thing is used to get on the bus. How long do you have to stare at the bus ticket to figure that out? <laughs> like, I think that for the for the most part, um, this movie tried really hard to keep our our us on the edge of our seats. But really, I think wasn't effective. Yeah, I I I could see what you're saying. Um, 
it's it, it's also like a little frustrating to watch him not like figure shit out too. Um, the other thing was like with the sunglasses, like you said, where the like he's escaping because the fire alarm's going off and there's smoke filling the room, and he he like decides to put on this cool pair of sunglasses. Like why? And I yeah. guess may, maybe future Ben knows that he's a dumbass and would just try that just because he's stupid, and then maybe it all work out. Maybe that's the <laughs> plot hole there. Like that's that's the saving grace of this movie is that like he sees the future and you can just be like, oh well, he fucking knew that he would react in a weird, unpredictable way that only he would react in. Right. And what um, I what I usually don't mm-hmm. like is that is when they keep things from the audience. Um, on purpose and we wait to see it through the eyes of the of a different character and for this it's the shower scene where ben has written a secret message on the mirror Mm -hmm. and we have this like two minute long shot of uma thurman staring at the mirror but they don't show us the mirror and we've figured out about 10 seconds into that scene that Uma Thurman knows that something is written on the mirror, but we just don't know what is written on the mirror. We don't figure out what's written on the mirror until the bad guys show up to the apartment and scour the apartment. And we already and know what's going to happen. frustrating watching the bad guys try to figure out that something is written on the mirror. Yeah, they're like, uh, I yeah. don't know, the house is empty. <laughs> we check everything. And then the whole, time, she was in. the whole time, it's not that we're trying to figure out, oh, it's something was written on the mirror with them. It's look at the goddamn mirror and just tell us what it says. Cause we don't care. About, <laughs> we don't care about whether and where the message was written. We just care about what the message was. And I think there's a disconnect there um, between the audience and the characters. Where do you think we're at? Where, where, where have we been at in most of these Ben movies? Before or behind the ahead of or behind the character? So Gone Girl is such an interesting experiment, isn't it? It flips. Isn't Gone Girl? Gone Girl is such a perfect topic for this. Too bad we didn't talk about it because we talked about so much else. But, like, we're we're with Ben the whole way. You know, he doesn't know anything that we don't know, we think. And that's what's kind of interesting, right? Because we're picking up clues and he's reacting to the clues that we're picking up. So it, it seems genuine. But in our mind, we're like, is he faking? Is does he actually know more? So that's really interesting, right? We could be behind him, or we could be there with him, and that's that's an interesting tension with the audience. And then halfway through the movie, almost perfectly happened in the movie, by the way, it switches, boom, and we go to Amazing Amy, who is way ahead of us, who literally has to spend like twenty minutes explaining literally how far ahead of us she is, and Mm -hmm. that was, I think, so great because she just told us you're all wrong. You thought you were here the whole time, but you were really way, 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 way behind. We're just a bunch of Bens, you know? We're just way behind. (laughs) I'm in a race to Ben head. Well, (laughs) do you... Okay, so, Ryan, we we talked about this a little bit, but there are other Philip K. Dick movies. It's like, is there an alternate reality where Ridley Scott makes a paycheck movie and does it in a totally different style in an alternate reality where... John Woo does Blade Runner. Um, I think I think you're close, but there's definitely an alternate reality where um, John Woo and Steven Spielberg are flipped for Minority Report. Mm. Oh, because John Woo and Tom Cruise have the connection from Mission Impossible Two. 
yeah, what the fuck happened? That, yeah, Steven Spielberg should have worked with Ben Affleck. Yeah, so that's really, really close. And the thing is, is I hate that Mission Impossible 2. Um, <laughs> Mission Impossible is my favorite movie series, and I just absolutely mm-hmm. despise Mission Impossible 2, and that's why I don't like John Lewis, because he ruined the series for me. Huh. Anyways. Hot take. <laughs> So that would have been a fun twist, right? The Steven Spielberg thing. But I think you're onto something in that would we, given the same source material, would Paycheck be the groundbreaking, um, groundbreaking sci-fi that Blade Runner is if Ridley Scott had chosen to direct a different Philip K. Dick adaptation? Yeah, I would. I would watch a recast of uh, any of the Philip K. Dick, Dickiverse. With Adam the Sandler. Adam Sandler. Yeah. I think that's the thing is about Adam Sandler is that he will either ruin whatever you put him in or make it absolutely freaking phenomenal. So that's that's the that's the tension I go into any Adam Sandler movie with. Yeah, I mean that's what they say. Like every time an Adam Sandler movie's made, a coin is flipped. And, you know, whatever <laughs> whatever side it lands on. I mean Paycheck is Could you imagine really... Uncut Gems being like a uh, Adam Sandler comedy, and like <laughs> Jack like, and Jill oh, being yeah. like Adam Sandler <laughs> Uncut Gems? He's like, I don't know where the gems went. <laughs> and then, and then in, in, in Jack and Jill, it's like this like really cutting edge like fucking character study of a man who has this like, is how split I take personality up the hill. <laughs> So do we do we want to give Paycheck our final ratings? Yeah, let's get let's get our final final ratings here. Um, as far as as far as my my overall impression of Paycheck, ooh, this this movie was not good, but I also didn't hate it. It's such a weird like circumstance for me because I was entertained the whole time. Like yeah. when I watched the movie, I had a lot of laughs. I was like watching a lot of scenes, a lot of enjoyment. But I don't think it was good, and I don't. I don't. I think it has zero rewatch value for me. So I think I'm gonna put it. Oh man, it's not. It's not. It's better than Armageddon to me because it was more entertaining. I think I'm gonna give it a four. A good old four, maybe four point five. Kind of middle of the road, slightly below average for me. But I didn't hate it. The only things my, my biggest gripes is like. For me, action scenes and car chases and explosions are super boring for me. Yeah. So whenever I see a lot of them in the movies, I kind of like yawn and lose interest. And there was a lot of that in here. There was a lot. Um, I don't know if you guys... Okay, yeah, you guys probably feel like the same. Like 20% of it at just because of the whole final act. Car explosions. Yeah, car explosions are just... I They trigger like zero, like any of the excitement hormone in me. It's like, it just... It's it's so fucking boring for me to watch. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why I, I I didn't like it as much. But they take me out was, of the movie too because like the car explosions are like unilaterally or they're they're spread equally among the whole car. So like every bit of the car explodes with the same amount of force, <laughs> including the front bumper and like the left tail light. Like they, well, everything explodes. It's not like the gas right. tank. Be fair, this is a universe where they don't have gas tanks, where the entire car is hollow, and it's all one gasoline tank, and so it explodes evenly. Do you think they all have bow staffs, like, under their sun visors, too? <laughs> That's what the police carry and everything. Wait, is there any other... Yeah, there are guns. 
<laughs> Did there, is there like are there signs in neighborhoods where they have like a crossed out bow staff but it just looks like a, an x with like a line in it it's a bow staff free zone <laughs> hey you can't have that in here it's my walking cane uh, nice try old man uh i i see why i'm in the same exact boat i actually loved watching the movie the movie the whole time i enjoyed it a lot i was i was really pensive coming into this because i saw the reviews and mm-hmm. was like wow what did we get ourselves into we picked this movie because it was a super stinker but it was fun all the way through i had i think like i can't remember many movies from this age but like the CGI effects in the beginning were great. I really loved how they handled all the science scenes, all the engineering scenes. I think they set it up and they made it plausible from like, um, like a realism standpoint coming from knowing what an engineering lab or a research lab is like and seeing what he's doing. So mm-hmm. I think throughout the movie where they were interacting with those domes, it seemed futuristic. It seemed cool. It seemed like that company that he was working for was on the cutting edge of technology and that kept me in the film. Uh, but I woke up this morning and I was like, what are we going to talk about for the podcast? And I was like, I can't remember a single fucking thing <laughs> that happened in the movie. It like blended together. And it's way better, I think, than the rating was. And what it was rated as. At the, I think it's like a six. It's a six for me. Yeah, I think um, mm-hmm. okay. I agree. I agree with both of you. Six. Um, I had a blast watching this movie. I think yeah. that that was something I did not expect. I expected it to be a slog. I had so much more fun watching this movie. And you say like that it doesn't have any replayability. Well, think about Armageddon. <laughs> like I'm never watching Armageddon again in my life. But like if Paycheck <laughs> no on, way. <laughs> if Paycheck's on TV, oh, if I'm Paycheck was that on, on cable, I put it on. Yeah. <laughs> So okay, okay, fair enough. I think for me, it's a five. It's middle of the road. It's not. It's not anything special. I think that's the problem. It's fun. Yes, there were some moments that were great. A lot of it was terrible. There was a dove. That's an automatic minus one point. Um, I think <laughs> the dove floating out of the light when the door. Yeah, opens. that's John who does that in every one of his movies. Yeah. Um. So the pacing was, eh, there's a mid movie clip show. It's like, it's like watching the old seasons of Seinfeld and there's like an episode of Seinfeld on TV and you're like, Oh, let's watch this one. And you, it's just a clip show. And okay, well, that's not fair. That's not good new content. And so I don't know why they would put that thing in the middle of the movie. It doesn't do anything well, but it does everything. Okay. And it's fun. It's a five. The thing is, is like Armageddon is like kind of a classic. Like people always reference it and stuff, and it was like yeah. super popular. But like I hated it so much more. Like I thought Paycheck oh, would be the bottom of the shitter for me, and it was yeah. actually like the middle of the shitter. It yeah. was a clogged I think, toilet. I think it gets an extra point, or at least a pity point, from it blowing my expectations out of the water. Yeah, the shit came flying out of the water, dude. Like it was so good. Like in comparison, how I thought it would be. Like I, exp- I was trying to swing low, dude. Like with this, with this pick here, and then we ended up yes. kind of digging up some gold mm-hmm. in our big shit pile, full circle. That's what this podcast is about. 
that's literally the premise of this podcast, right? We we watch all these Ben movies and we see what which ones are actually good. <laughs> we're like, well, hold on, and then we're gonna we're gonna start a Renaissance where people are gonna reexamine his movies. Yeah, we have this house, and in it is Affleck's attic. Yeah. And in the attic was a pile of movies, and we can see which ones are going in the trash, and which ones go to the, yeah. the on the shelf, and which ones go to the thrift store. This is a this is the thrift store movie. If it we is. uh if if I meet Ben Affleck and I have like a DVD copy of Paycheck for him to sign, do you think he'll be like excited? Be like, yeah, oh shit, man. you like that movie? <laughs> oh, he really regrets doing this movie. Does he really? Did he do it for the, just the money? For just for the oh, money. Oh yeah, yeah. I think there was a blur really? on that. Yeah. Can Why we hate it so much? Can we can we talk about Ben a little bit in that? Um, yeah, we haven't talked about him at all this podcast. No real life Ben. I don't think. Oh, ben, okay. I don't know. L- be careful, it, Ryan. Yes. Be careful. I hear his arms extending. <laughs> don't don't fuck around. No 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 no. It's the exact opposite. Okay. I uh I want to know what you guys would if you had one question to ask Ben Affleck. Oh. About the movie, about his career so far, what would it be? Was that your real dick in Gone Girl? <laughs> Easy yes or no. Um, Mine is uh when uh when you and Aaron Eckhart were in the room together, did you guys ever connect chins with his inwards chin and your outward chin? Just just once and to see if it fit perfectly, because I think it would. And then I think he would <laughs> escort me away. Security would escort me away. N- Okay, I was actually going to take this a serious direction. Okay, I was serious. I don't know what I would ask Ben Affleck. Look, he gets asked, like, so much fucking, (laughs) so much boring, like, what was it like to be Batman? Can you piss in the suit? No, exactly. They can be real questions and good questions. Has he ever pissed himself in the suit? (laughs) Doesn't seem like like, it would be fast to get off. What do you have to go to the bathroom? What, is ba- what if Batman does have to piss, though? And he can't have, like, regular pants that can be pulled down, so it's gotta be hard. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. If I, Batman can no, plan I to make a suit to fight Superman with, he can plan yeah. to not drink liquids for an hour before he puts the suit on so he doesn't piss himself. Dude, he's doing fucking parkour and martial arts for, like, eight hours a night, dude. He's gotta stay hydrated. He also might have a cool yeah. device that just, like, opens the suit up at the very bottom and just slurps it out, you know? Or it's like a that wetsuit. It keeps sense. him warm and it absorbs some impact when bad he, when he kicks bad piss. guys in the head. Yeah, my my thing is like he probably has a catheter like inserted. Like when he puts the suit on, he's like, I hate this part, and shoves the catheter in, and around his ankle is like a piss bag. You know, he fills it up, and when it's full, dude, like let's say Superman's like choking him, and he has like a little wrist thing. He's like, eat piss, and he squirts, and the piss comes. He's like, ah, like, like you know. And then he drops him, like, and even Superman, just the shock, you know, it'll like, help him get away. So it's like always the AC has in the sleeve, the piss in the sleeve. Sorry, Ryan, what, what question would you ask Ben Affleck if you met him? I have no idea. That's the thing is that if I had that some one question, I think I would love to pick a movie like Paycheck, a mm-hmm. movie that I liked, that I liked yeah. way more than I expected, and that's not one of the ones that he's that people even know that he's in that people don't even know this movie exists true um do you guys you guys don't remember the commercials i watched the trailer 
watched mm-hmm. the trailer and it is so bad. Terrible. The trailer oh is, is gold, dude. It's and it so has the guy. The guy that it has like, the guy. In the world. In a world where people forget things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it over explains. It ruins the whole plot of the movie. Okay. Um, this one turned out better than we thought. We talked last week about potentially doing the Christmas movie, unfortunately, that Ben Affleck has done. Yeah. Are we still down to do this? I'm down. We didn't get a stinker. We got a... We got a we lazy. Got a we got a lazy. Saving Sunday. Christmas isn't not going to be a stinker because that has uh, Christina Applegate. Oh, well. Let's let's take a look at Saving Christmas real quick here. I'm gonna look at the RT score, which is kind of like how I'm averaging. Wait, it's it's Surviving Christmas. That's surviving. Two thousand and four. Ben Affleck is pumping out movies in this two year time but, frame. Guys, guys, guys. It has a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nineteen Dude, this is... score and a five point four. Holy, 4 shit. Holy shit, dude! This is if we're going mathematical, this is about six times worse than Daredevil. This could kill us. <laughs> yeah. Wait, guys, has anyone watched this? Guys, look at the popularity. No. It's nine hundred and forty-nine. What the fuck? Dude? We okay, could this movie could suck the absolute Christmas spirit out of us. That's it, fine. I watched the Christmas movie today. Wait, okay. The budget's $45 million. It made $15 million in the box office. Surviving Christmas, um, it was originally slated for a Christmas 2003 release, but the film was pushed back to avoid competition with Ben Affleck's sci-fi thriller paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Next week, Surviving Christmas. This this paycheck movie really did a number on me, man. I just I I feel like I'm in a I was in a fever dream watching it, and I was in a fever dream talking about it. Like, I hope this one kind of helps us, uh, you know, get some brain cells back. Well, I'm excited, guys. Um, I guess we'll, we'll wrap up. Do we have any sponsors this week? Yeah, harmonicas. Harmonicas, just in the concept. Well, yeah, they sponsored this. Mm-hmm. Um, they we also out. got. We've got double dogs, uh, double-sided corn dogs. They uh, they sponsored us. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. a stick in the middle. It's my startup, but you get it, you stick, and then both sides is a corn dog. It's like a Darth Maul. Stick. What about Darth corn dog on the cob and it's stick corn dog stick? You motherfucker! You fucking genius! <laughs> I would embrace you right now if there wasn't a fucking lockdown. <laughs> You and me are going in business together. <laughs> corn dog on the cob and Darth Maul corn dog sabers. Corn. I didn't even get the corn on the cob joke. Corn dog on the cob. You didn't dude. get the corn. Fucking... Oh. Um, I have a question. Yeah. You like the nib at the end, then, right? Oh, oh do I like the nib? I eat it nib. just for the nib, dude. The... Just nibs. Just the corn. <laughs> Are you thinking of Just Nibs? I think you've pitched this to me before. Wait, just the corn dog nibs? Yeah, I mean, like at the e- at the end of this on the stick, there is a nib on yeah. the end. If we do double part. double corn dog, you're gonna get double the nib. Double nibs, but I'm talking about if you dip the whole stick, make it as thick as the corn dog, and it's all just the nib, dude. Oh, oh, that's not what I was talking about. 
I was thinking that it will be well, difficult to coat the corn dog with batter. If you have, with a, the both if you have, if you have a stick going all the way through it, yeah, then, then uh, you get two nibs. Okay, I we'll do the double dog. We'll do the the corn dog on a stick, or mm-hmm. the the fucking you know corn dog on the cob. We'll do the just nibs. But I'm also are talking, you talking about... like are you talking like a Darth Maul's lightsaber and yeah the that's the uh, order one you got <laughs> the, the corn dogs are the lightsaber <laughs> Two part corn dogs dude. yeah yes dude and then that, what I'm thinking other thing is just corn which is just the batter on a stick that's just as thick you bite into it and it's just the batter and then just dog where it's just as big and it's just meat the I beauty see. of the corn dog it's such a good assassination weapon because yeah. you have like. You could have a blade in the stick, and like you know how people like shank people with like you know a newspaper, so you can yeah. shank someone with a corn dog, like a sharpened stick. And also, you're like you're walking up. through a crowd, you stab them with the stick, and the only thing that is there besides the blood shooting out of their body is a little grease circle from the greasy <laughs> corn dog bread. And then, like in Daredevil, you know how he has the rose, he sniffs and drops it on them, and you can sniff corn the corn dog. dog, like takes a bite out of it and drops it on his body. <laughs> It's got a knife in it. Why? 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 That he stabbed him with. You have to have a a replacement corn dog. You got a second one that doesn't have a blade. (laughs) But yeah, bullseye is just he he just throws corn dogs. (laughs) Well, wait. His name is Corn Corn Eye. (laughs) He's he's like, hey, eyes like it's seen in Nacho Libre. Oh yeah, yeah, like like corn like when I was a kid. Do they think when they call in, they're like, "Hey, Corn Eye, can I talk to you for a sec?" Like, oh yeah, what's up? What's up? Hey, Corn Eye, dude. I okay. First of all, great job, last assassination. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, could you use like a knife for like uh, <laughs> anything, anything else? I love the corn dog, love it. You'd so effective, but like, you, you take some you a couple tries. Shit, dude, that's like so good. <laughs> <laughs> like. It's not like a good a throw. <laughs> Wait, are we? I, know, I think I think does the like corn the dog a good twist? Like, does the no, hot dog part impact, or does it spin around <laughs> and then get stabbed with stick? It hits. It hits the hot dog first because it's, it's weighted, <laughs> and then the, and the, like, the stick comes through. <laughs> the boss is like, hold on, like. Can you can you try eating it first and then maybe throw the stick? Just the stick. No. My name is Corn I'm not paid stick for. Man. You paid primo bucks here. You paid you sticks. Daredevil throws a stick. I can't just throw a stick like Daredevil. It's not gonna be as good. I gotta throw the corn dog. Maybe it's that the cops come around and and just think that corn dogs are like a natural part of the crime scene, so they don't even look at it as evidence. Oh, he fell on his corn dog. He was lucky. He fell straight all, on it. All, all the scenes are state carnivals. Him. Every, <laughs> every, he his, I'll kill him. As long as you can meet me at the fairgrounds. <laughs> Cops like another another corn dog death. Damn it, this city's falling apart. What did they fucking learn? Oh my They're god! Corn dogs and evidence bags. In 2001, there was an incident where one of the roller coasters derailed. Oh, yeah. We found a corn dog in the gears, but we didn't, <laughs> we didn't know why. <laughs> At this point, At we got point... so far off the, the <laughs> daredevil. Wait, wait. 
like so like <laughs> corn dog man needs a reason because he's like well, well well boss like i gotta do the corn dogs because like my parents died in the corn dog accident like, and that's why i throw them like they both fell into vats of corn dogs and became them and that's why i'm so, i don't know his, his mom Something fell like into that. the vat of hot dogs and the dad yeah. fell into a vat of, <laughs> vat of, vat of, of corn yeah no <laughs> and then they come out and there's a stick up their ass and they're covered in batter does it work like that uh, thanks for joining us this week we had a great time hope you had a great time while we uh watched these very good movies from ben affleck uh, join us next week on Good Boys Gone Bland for our Christmas special, our first Christmas special with Surviving Christmas uh, with our boy Ben Affleck. See you next week.